Welcome to the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM. Now here's your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Well, today we gain a better understanding of Parkinson's disease, a condition that significantly impacts many, especially here in Newfoundland and Labrador. Today we have a variety of guests who share their personal stories, insight, and expert advice that will help many of you in our community navigate this complex disease. Derek Stabitzer from the Parkinson's Society of Newfoundland and Labrador will give us a wider view of the disease prevalence in our province and how they can help. We'll then talk with Tom and Phyllis, and they'll share their personal story and emphasize the importance of early detection, community support, and exercise and treatment. Next, we'll chat with Coach Lita Mae Button, and she'll introduce us to the innovative Rocksteady virtual boxing program, which helps Parkinson's patients improve their strength, balance, and build a community around them. Wrapping up, we'll talk with Kim Furlong from the Newfound Balance and Dizziness Center, She'll go on a deep dive into Parkinson's management in the integral role of exercise and a comprehensive care model. This episode promises not just to give an in-depth look at Parkinson's, but also celebrate resilience, the strength of community, and the importance of a healthy lifestyle. So without further ado, let's get to the interviews. Hi, Derek. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Mike. Glad to be here. Well, I really appreciate you coordinating everybody today. You've been a magician. You've been getting guests for this episode, and it's been so good because we're really talking about something that's important, number one, Parkinson's, which affects a lot of people in our community, but also what we can do about it when it comes to the wellness and healthy lifestyle side of things. Now, why don't you tell me about your organization and what you do there? No, well, I'm the executive director. I've been there now for nearly 10 years, and Parkinson's Society in Newfoundland and the Labrador is the provincial voice for people living with Parkinson's in our province. We think there are about 1,500 families who are living with Parkinson's in Newfoundland and Labrador. We don't have an exact number, unfortunately, but that's a pretty significant number. And it's expected to grow tremendously over the next few years. Um, in fact, some people are saying there's a tsunami of Parkinson's coming at Canada. And Newfoundland and Labrador may even be a little bit worse than that because of our aging population. So it's definitely something that we need to be ready for. Mm-hmm. And Parkinson's can be a really uh, confusing condition for a lot of people. It doesn't have some of those risk factors like other conditions may have that are more lifestyle related. Um, when it comes to that, like how do you guys help people navigate this condition, which can be very confusing to them? Well, you know, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, one of the things we're also seeing is that it's striking people earlier in life as well. So we're seeing a number of people in their 30s and 40s being diagnosed with Parkinson's now. So that adds an extra level of complications that they're very young and living with Parkinson's. So we go through a number of different programs and services with the folks who are living with Parkinson's to help them manage from day to day. Our goal is to keep them from advancing in the stages of Parkinson's for as long as possible. So Parkinson's has five stages. Our goal is to keep them in stage one or stage two for as long as possible. And that's where our exercise programs play a really big part. And that's one of the things that, you know, we're obviously we're talking about that today, but when I saw the list of the different activities you have, they're extensive. Can you list some of your, you know, I guess the overall philosophy of it and what are some of the programs that are available? Yeah, so all of the research demonstrates that one of the best things you can start doing when you're diagnosed with Parkinson's is to start exercising. The evidence is very, very clear about that. So over the past few years, we've initiated a 
several different programs throughout the province. I think we have up to 16 happening now uh, in the province, both in person and online, for people to start exercising. These classes are led by experienced practitioners who will take you through various exercise programs that are designed specifically for living with Parkinson's. They focus on strength, flexibility, and balance. And it ranges from gentle exercise and stretching to intensive boxing classes <laughs> and everything in between. Yeah, that's fantastic. And why not keep it at max as long as you possibly can? And the nice thing is to have different levels of exercise. It allows people to graduate to different levels. That's exactly right, Mike. So for folks who are just getting introduced to exercising and just been diagnosed with Parkinson's who may not have been in an exercise program before, they can start off with our gentle programs. But then we have more intensive programs available to them if they need more of a challenge. Like I say, our goal is to challenge these people as much as possible to keep them exercising as hard as possible for as long as possible. I think this is an important question too, is that exercise isn't just about the physical side of things. Individuals that are facing a condition like Parkinson's are dealing with a tremendous amount of stress. It's stressful for them, it's stressful for the people around them. How does exercise play a role for the mental health of the patients? Huge, huge. So we recognize that the mental health component of Parkinson's is a significant part of living with the disease. We can just you know hear from our participants who go to these classes. They feel so much better mentally when they come out of those classes. Apart from the physical benefits, the mental health and clarity that the classes bring to them is, is really, really important and one of the reasons we do it. It's also part of the social aspect. So when they're going to these classes, they're also interacting with other people who are going through the same journey with Parkinson's. So that social element is really, really important for them as well, which also helps with their mental health. Well, that's right. And, you know, we're going to talk to some amazing people here today about what Parkinson's is and the science behind it, what rehabilitation can be done, but also people that have lived experience and practitioners that are helping with these courses. But if people want to learn more about the Parkinson's Association, how can they get a hold of you guys? Yeah, absolutely. So we really want people who are living with Parkinson's to reach out to us. We have numerous ways. I think we have 14 ways to contact us now, but the two simplest ways, if Go on the internet, just search up Parkinson's Society, Newfoundland and Labrador. Our website should come back as the number one response. Just click on that to contact us. We also have our 1-800 number in every single phone book in the province. Just look on our Parkinson's Society, Newfoundland and Labrador and give me a call and we can chat about how you can get involved in our programs and services. And that's right. On a personal note, you know I was involved with fundraising with your uh, organization before, and you guys are top-notch to deal with, and what you do is tremendously valuable. So thank you so much for doing what you do. Thanks for joining me. Well, thanks so much, Mike. Uh, thank you for doing the show. It's really important, and we spread the word about these programs. Today we're learning about Parkinson's disease and the powerful role that exercise plays in its treatment. We'll be right back after the break. Join Greg Smith weeknights at 545 as he chats with local musicians about life, inspiration shows, and new music. Tune into Soundcheck, your backstage pass to the local music scene on your VOCM. Welcome back. Today we're learning about Parkinson's disease and the powerful role that exercise plays in its treatment. Let's get back to the show. Hi, fellas. Hi, Tom. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. Hi. And thanks for having us. Well, thanks for sharing your story. It's it's an important story to share. We're talking about Parkinson's today. Maybe you guys could tell me a little bit about what your experience has been with the condition. 
Well, I can begin with how the diagnosis all came about. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were three days away from traveling to Europe, and Tom had been for about 18 months complaining about pains in his legs and pains in his lower back. And so I suggested a nice Epsom salts bath, which he did. And uh, about 20 minutes later, we're just in a small bungalow. He called out and said, I can't get out of this bath. And I'm like, well, what do you mean you can't get out of the bath? So I go in and I said, okay, pull up your right leg and nothing. Same thing left, so on. Long story short, I got into the bath and lifted him from behind shoulders to get up and got him on the bath. And when he got out of the bath, he could stand fine. The next morning, I'm an early person, I was up at five o'clock in the morning and went looking for information at that time. As I say, Google was my safest place. And I entered the term brain could not communicate with muscles. And I didn't even want to read anything at that time. I pressed image to look for images and an image in the likeness of Tom, Tom over the prior 18 months appeared on the screen and underneath it, it said Parkinson's. So the emotions, and it's still, it is very emotional because you know, that's that's not even, that's 10 months, you know, prior to this time. Of course. Uh, it, it's still very emotional to think about it. And I thought, do I tell Tom? Mm-hmm. Some So I let four or five hours go midday and showed him the picture. And I said, who does this look like? He said, something like me. So we saw our doctor the next day and he made the diagnosis. It's still difficult to talk about. It has to be. And it's one of those conditions. It's not a predisposed condition. You didn't do a change in your lifestyle. You didn't do anything to bring it on. It just happens. Like, I guess that brings me to the big question is how did this change your life, you know, day to day? It's, well, it it was almost, you know, it it was almost like starting a new life because everything, everything in a way changed, but didn't. Up front, I think it did. It was the shock. It was the the uh, the acceptance, the denial, and the lack of acceptance, and it was the adjusting to what now. So very quickly, we didn't leave much time in between. To me, knowledge is most important. So the day after the diagnosis, I searched for Parkinson's in Newfoundland and St. John's, and I discovered the Newfoundland and Labrador Parkinson's Society sent an email right away, immediately heard back from the CEO, Derek Stolbitzer, and that really uh, eased our life, made things clearer. Uh, there was an understanding that we now got from from Derek, from the society, from the information that he provided, that I, I believe we really felt, didn't we, Tommy, that, yeah, we can do this. We really can do this. Yeah, well, the whole new adjustment had me. Well, the acceptance was my biggest problem. As as you can imagine, I I I'll stick this question at you, Tom. Uh, obviously, you and Phil is extremely close. She helps as a caregiver role. How is it, you know, advocating for your health? Because obviously, you guys are both strong advocates for it. Um, but also, how uh, how vital is it to have that support around you, whether it's from the Parkinson's Association or from Phyllis? Oh, I, I can't imagine how anybody could can do it without support from somebody like a partner like Phyllis and the association and have, have backing. 
me personally, I probably would have gone into a shell and maybe I was on my own and try to work it out and try to and maybe admit that I was getting older and and for some reason find all kinds of excuses because I had a lot of trouble trying to accept it. Actually, I still have days. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. And it's it's a challenge. And I guess that's where, you know, we're talking about today what we can do when you're faced with a condition like this. And one of the things we can do, of course, you're going to get medical treatment. We have fantastic physicians here in this province. But when it comes to the role of lifestyle and exercise, is exercise just good for your physical? Or is that actually something that helps you with being able to deal with the stresses that come with the condition? I think it's really important for people to hear. Even in the story I told about Tom up front, I've heard of other people that this happened to, but they, they dismissed it or didn't know what how to follow up with it. But when we heard that Parkinson's, because there's no cure, like I think that, that sticks in your mind. You're told there's no cure. And then the next thing you hear is, however, exercise will help. So from two people who were always exercising involved in physical activities, that was a godsend to know that exercise, what the thing we love to do would help. And, you know, know, I can go into great detail on all the exercise we do, but what I want to say to people is that if if you're listening uh, and and if, if you see any of the symptoms, Tom was at least 18 months to two years with symptoms. I was on super alert, I called it. We didn't know what it was. We thought it was connected to a stroke he had had a few years before. I was afraid to let him do things. I was anxious whenever he went on his own. The Parkinson's diagnosis uh, came as a relief. That may sound weird. It came as a relief for me. I now knew this shuffling of feet, this very small voice, and this slouched posture bent over while eating almost his face almost to the kitchen table, the, the tiny room table. These are signs that if people are listening out there right now, you might want to t- check with your family doctor and see it, it could be Parkinson. So back to the exercise piece. The the exercise for Tom, we, we continued our walking, our swimming, me swimming, him doing water fitness. Um, Long big. Oh, golfing, golfing. He hasn't given up his golf. Good like, for you. That's yeah. Great. So, so it is. It is. I think the diagnosis. It was almost came as a challenge to him that he was going to take this on, and stay. He hasn't changed anything except we're slower. Right. We are slower. We would do kitty vitty in 40 minutes, the late high 30s. We're now an hour and five minutes, but we are walking kitty ditty. I want to go to Tom for a quick second though and say, look, when you get hit with something like this, which can feel like a real kick, does staying active, accomplishing things like that, give you that sense of triumph in a time that you might not have felt like you were winning, but you're still able to have that help you with your with your state of mind? Yes, it certainly does. Well, for one thing, one thing you're occupied in doing your, and this is where I think golf helps me right up to this point so far, because it takes up so much of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like my activities. I'd rather be outdoor outdoors walking than indoors, and at any time. So, uh, it was just convenient for me. So the the the, the golf part took up what 
the hour, half hour getting ready and another two, four hours on, uh, on the golf course and another hour coming home. So it occupies my, it occupied my mind rather than being sitting there doing a Sudoku puzzle. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And you're out there doing something else. And, and so, so I'm going to put this question to both of you guys when it comes to this. And people always think about the condition, you know, and it's, oh, yes, it's a neuromuscular condition. But it does impact your quality of life and your well-being and, and, your, and your mental state. So how have you guys been able to combat that aspect of the stress that comes with a condition like that? Because obviously you said yourself, Phyllis, you were on guard for almost two years. Get the support, all the support that's available to you. Because uh, the support I'm getting from Phyllis alone and the fact that she took so much interest in getting involved with the Parkinson's Association and finding all this information and being part and being an active part of it, that's really the support that I, helps me. Mm-hmm. So I, and so I would suggest, like I said, I would recommend to anybody to try and find, seek out support wherever, wherever you can get it and take advantage of it. Mm-hmm definitely important yeah i think and knowing that support is there again you know the day after seeing the doctor i'm in touch with the ceo of parkinson society and from that point on any information we needed we got but as tom said that support it is there through the society and through uh all the programs and and Kim uh, Furlong's program is absolutely amazing, plus all the other ones that are offered online or on Zoom or in person through the Parkinson Society. And thanks to our sponsors uh, yeah. for making all these possible. And if I can say, VOCN Cures is a big part of that. I don't know if that- oh, That's great. Well, we're definitely allowed <laughs> to talk about the great work of VOCN Cares on this network, that's for sure, because uh, they are a fantastic organization. Okay, so I'm gonna summarize this because we, I, I, I honestly think we could have done a whole show talking to you guys, but we talked about recognizing the symptoms early. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about staying active. We talked about the importance of gaining support from the association and from people that are close to you. Mm-hmm. What other advice would you have for people uh, that may be listening, that either are family members or people that are struggling with Parkinson's themselves. Make sure you connect. Make sure you connect with people in your community. There's all kinds of information. Uh, there's absolutely fantastic programs that can inform you of, of the best things to do for you. What we're doing, it's certainly suiting our lifestyle, but but at every any level, there's activities get involved with your Parkinson's people. Also, make your families aware of what is going on. So everybody knows, obviously, they're going to notice some changes. Yeah. But you, I think if you keep them abreast of what's going on in your life while you're doing it, right? yeah, I mean, that's it. Sometimes when you're going through a stressful time, it's easy to turn that signal off in the lighthouse, but having the people to know where you are and what you're doing is yeah. important. It's based on different personalities. It's much easier for some people to do it than than others. And I like personally, I find I have, or I have found that staying away would be my answer to it and doing my own thing. Mm. But that is not going to can't be the way. I got to go that. I the bent. I had a conversation with somebody in New Zealand this year who said self-protectionism is not the way when you're dealing with something that's challenging in life. No. 
No. And and what else is important is sharing your story. And for you guys to share your, your situation, your story here today with us and your own personal experience and what worked and what advice you have, that's extremely valuable for everybody in the community. So thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thanks, Mike, for the opportunity and uh, appreciate your time. Today, we're learning about Parkinson's disease and the powerful role that exercise plays in its treatment. We'll be right back after the break. Get lost in the music of legendary artists like Elton John, The Beatles, and more. Join Claudette Barnes every Sunday from 12 to 1 p.m. and relive fond memories through the power of music with Sunday Melodies on your VOCM. Welcome back. Today, we're learning about Parkinson's disease and the powerful role that exercise plays in its treatment. Let's get back to the show. Hey, Coach Lita. Welcome to the show. It's been a long time since we've seen each other. Yeah, thank you so much for having me here, Mike. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us today. But let's talk about you and your organization. Tell me about Rocksteady Boxing and its creation. And then really, how did you decide to get involved with using boxing for Parkinson's patients? Yeah, that's a really great question. So my background professionally in university is a Bachelor of Sciences in Nursing, and I did geriatric and long-term care for about four or five years. And then um, I've been fighting amateur and professional boxing for almost 18 years. So both kind of went hand in hand. And then the long-term care in geriatric mental health, I saw the kind of end results of Parkinson's and dementia and things that occur. And because of my background and passion of fitness and health and wellness, I knew that there was always something more to get at the grassroots of preventative care as opposed to tertiary medication appointment care. Not that there isn't anything wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a place for it, but there's a place for quality of living and life. And the Rocksteady Boxing Program, um, I came across in just at the end of 2015. There were some volunteers on that in Toronto that were looking for a head coach to run the program. And it happened to be that both professional parts of my background fit exactly for it. And it was the most amazing thing, the most amazing thing in six months when I first started running the program because with Parkinson's, you know, with the movement and the stiffness and everything that occurs, I always tell everyone the the biggest thing that really showed me that movement is medicine is that one of the main things that you see with Parkinson's when people are diagnosed and kind of progressing a little bit more is facial mask, you know? So not all people with Parkinson's because every person with Parkinson's presents their symptoms differently, but we had about, I'd say about 25% of the group had facial mask. And in six months, so for those listeners that may not know what facial mask is, it's stiffness of muscles in the face. So literally speaking's hard, smiling's hard, showing any uh, facial emotions is very difficult. And with the boxing in the six months, I saw them actually be able to express, laugh, cheer, um, all these things and just express themselves more so. But you would think boxing, most people think boxing is a contact sports, but everything in boxing offsets what's happening with Parkinson's, the slowness of movement, low voice, standing tall. So it offsets the instability that occurs. And because in any boxing program, even though it's an individual sport, you're working as a team to help train and fight back against your opponent because their opponent is Parkinson's. And then the tagline is in this corner hole, right? It's the quality of hope while all the research and everything in that is done. 
We were the first Rock City boxing program in Canada and out of Toronto. Right on. Okay, so that's perfect to know. I mean, I guess that you gotta hit the nail on the head on a lot of things that you talked about the benefits of it. So, you know, obviously it helps with movement and stability because you don't think of boxing as being something that would necessarily go with a Parkinson's patient, but obviously it makes a significant difference. You talked about some success stories. What What's the feedback like from the people that are in the program? They love it because, you know, I, most of the clients that I started coaching in 2016 are still with me, even through COVID, even when we pivoted online, we started to go a little bit more in person again. And it's the accountability, it's the support, but most importantly, that it's fun and crazy because... You know, I see these guys and girls, men and women, because I've been so deeply involved in the program for over eight years. I see the gamut of everything that they go through. Like they're literally fighting sometimes every minute of every day just to have a decent quality of life. So that hour, hour and a half that they can have three to five days a week really gives them that support and feels like that they're not that person that's living with Parkinson's so much that they're that fighter that they have that support group and people around them who brings them out of feeling like that every other moon of their day. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And one of the things is that, you know, sometimes mobility or getting to places can be a challenge for people when they're trying to participate in sort of exercise, especially structure with an expert like yourself. How can they participate if they aren't physically able to come on site? Yeah, they participate in them. So, you, I mean, I have some people that are in their offices. I have some people that have their own gym. I have some people that have their own heavy bags. Um, I've always loved coaching and really learned and everything, but learning on the Zoom and virtual platform gave me a whole other element, kind of reminded me of nursing, especially in long-term care, because you don't always have the tools that you need, so you have to improvise. COVID made us do that. And so... The great part of the virtual program, um, which I'm really passionate about, is because sometimes the accessibility to drive, have the support, it's not easy to get around. Yeah. So as long as they have the space to move, they just log on and they have more accessibility. Because on average, I had people coming to class, because I always, I always, when I started the program, did five days a week, because like medication. You want it to be as consistent and as regular as possible. Had people coming about two to three days a week. And then since we did the virtual program now, people come three to up to five days a week. Yeah. So it's more accessible. Okay. So I always take the opportunity, whenever I talk to somebody in the fitness and wellness field, like I was myself, how does it make you feel to work with this group of patients? Because you've dealt probably with all sorts of different competitive athletes over the years, but this is a completely different audience. How does that make you feel to, to work with them? I love it because I no longer nurse. So it combines the nursing, patho, anatomy, physiology, uh, pharmacology, all of it, and it combines into one, but preventative. So I've had a few um, clients who actually, they've given me testimonials where their uh, neurologists were like, well, if we didn't know we diagnosed you like ourselves, we almost would have thought you're not diagnosed with Parkinson's, mm-hmm. you know? For some people, it's really, they never exercised and never did things before. So watching that empowerment of being able to help that quality of life where they can do things with their grandkids, they can travel and they don't have to worry as much or they're in situations as well. Like um, I do an exercise all the time, each class, it's repetition, repetition. I do a heel to toe exercise. Okay. So freezing and that that can can occur or festation can occur often in stressful environments when you're out, right? So 
Well, some of them have been like this heel toe, heel toe wave. That's what they do when they're in those situations. Oh, yeah. Out of it. And it's just, it. it's really, I love that I, I it's that preventative aspect that I can really help them with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I'm a real advocate for the program. That sounds like a fantastic program with great results for people and a nice support network as well. How can people get a hold of you if they want to reach out? Um, you can reach me for the Rocksteady Boxing Program, rocksteadyboxingundisputed.ca, all the information. Um, but I also do goat and animal therapy. So buttonadventures.com is that one. <laughs> we may have to do another episode on that one. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. It's great to see you again. Uh, you're doing fantastic stuff. And thanks for sharing uh, your wealth and knowledge with everybody today. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. Today, we're learning about Parkinson's disease and the powerful role that exercise plays in its treatment. We'll be right back after the break. Nutrition, exercise, keeping the cold at bay. Whatever keeps you feeling great, the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM. Welcome back. Today, we're learning about Parkinson's disease and the powerful role that exercise plays in its treatment. Let's get back to the show. Hi, Kim. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you could be here today. I've actually driven by your business many times. and know lots of people that have visited it before. But for people who may not be familiar, could you explain a little bit about yourself and and what you do? Sure. Um, I'm a physiotherapist, and I'm the owner at Newfoundland Balance and Dizziness Center, which is a multidisciplinary healthcare clinic of physios, OTs, massage, Um, speech-language pathologist and a sports medicine physician. And we provide physiotherapy services, but we specialize in um, treating those who have mounts and dizziness issues. So um, we're right next to Piatas. Um, We've been here since 2016. So today we're talking about Parkinson's. Maybe you could explain a little bit about the disease, how it relates to what you do with people. Yes, Parkinson's disease is a progressive movement disorder. That means it affects your ability to initiate movement or to execute a voluntary movement. So if you want to sign your signature, Parkinson's turns your signature into a small, tiny scribble. It's one of the the symptoms of it. Um, It affects probably about 100,000 Canadians, and I think there's like 30 people a day diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. It seems to be caused when nerve cells in a part of the brain, it's called the basal ganglia, they fail to produce this important brain chemical, and the chemical is called dopamine. That chemical is like a messenger, and it just uh, talks to different nerve cells throughout the brain. Um, And when it's missing, uh, the symptoms of Parkinson's disease can occur. The symptoms of Parkinson's disease, when we have students here, I teach them the acronym TRAP, uh, T-R-A-P, and it's four common symptoms, first one being tremor, um, and that's commonly seen in the hand when it's just at rest. A person may notice on one side of the body when it first starts. Uh, The second symptom is the R, which is rigidity. And that tends to be a stiffness or resistance in the muscles when you go to move your arm, for example, extended, your biceps holds you back. And that can lead to loss of flexibility in people's joints and a shortening of their muscles. The A in trap is akinesia, 
which is an absence or a slowness of your active movement. So you have a slower reaction time. Your coordination isn't as fast. So if you go to get out of a, out of a chair, if you go to roll over in bed, those movements take you longer and you have to focus a little harder to execute the movement. Mm. And then the last symptom in that TRAP acronym is P, which is postural instability. So it's a, it is a progressive disease, and as it progresses, there can be an onset of decreased balance reactions and uh, a loss of your normal gait pattern. So we typically talk about the Parkinson's gait, which is a flex posture, uh, shuffling steps, shorter step length, and, and a slower gait speed. Yeah, and for those people that have experienced Parkinson's and somebody they know, they can see how these symptoms can progress over time. But one of the things they've really learned about Parkinson's is that exercise is a really powerful modality to try and help it, and it's a it's a really effective treatment. Can you shed light on how physical activity, you know, specifically exercise, helps people with this condition? Absolutely. So we don't have a cure for Parkinson's, but drug therapy right now is the primary treatment because it replaces the dopamine. But physiotherapy and in particular exercise programs are essential complementary treatments to this drug therapy. Um, And nowadays there's compelling research that shows that regular aerobic exercise can actually slow the progression of, of the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. Um, and slowing the progression um, means less severity and improved quality of life for a longer period of time. A lot of the research on exercise has been done on animals, and that shows that exercise can drive the brain to improve how it functions. Things such as exercising will kind of prime the brain so that its activation level for movement is increased. The brain will adapt more to the environment if there's pressure on it or to your experiences and challenges. So exercise kind of pushes you to drive your brain to be more responsive to to the symptoms that you're having. That's interesting because I used to use the analogy all the time that it's almost like if you're thinking about the connection between your muscles and your brain, it's like there's not a lot of water coming out of the end of the hose, but if you turn the pressure up in the hose, you can get more water out of the end of the hose. And by exercising, we're really kind of doing that with our brain. We're sending stronger signals down to our muscles, right? Is that one of the reasons why people benefit so much or is it because they also get bigger, stronger muscles or how does that work? I think it's both. Actually, if you exercise more, you'll strengthen your muscles. So certainly the regular benefits that you get from strengthening cardio exercise, flexibility, but in Parkinson's, because those symptoms occur, you have to work harder to slow them down or to stop that progression. So stretching exercises prevents your muscles from shortening. Strengthening exercise will prevent that atrophy from not being used. Um, cardio exercise, and in particular with Parkinson's, they're saying that kind of rigorous, intense exercises where you're you're forced to respond, for example, like in running or cycling, um, where you're forced to respond, drives the brain's neuroplasticity to push your body to respond a little faster and with more voluntary, normal movement. That's interesting. And so, you know, as a physiotherapist, you can deal with a variety of different patients. What drove you to work specifically with patients that may be suffering from, you know, balance issues or having conditions like Parkinson's? Um, Initially for me, it was a friend 
when I graduated in 88, I was on a bus and a friend uh, said to me that their mother had Parkinson's disease and they were hoping to set up a Parkinson's support group in Newfoundland. So for me, it just started out as helping a friend. And uh, then when I got involved with this friend and his parents and some other interested parties, uh, just working with this group of people was very exciting for me. And as a new physiotherapy graduate, <laughs> it was very exciting to try and learn more about this disease and help people with it. And exercise was one thing that they knew was helping their symptoms. And I knew a little bit about exercise. <laughs> real nice, a nice 10 year history for me working with the Newfoundland Parkinson Society. And I stayed with them for 10 years while I lived here and uh, really enjoyed that time. And it actually motivated me to, um, look at falls and fall prevention and Parkinson's disease when I did my master's. So I've had a long history of really uh, enjoying my time working with people with this condition. Mm. And it's such a, you know, a, a ruthless condition in so many ways because it can affect anybody. Uh, the gentleman that I used to train uh, was very physically active his entire life and had Parkinson's and he used to come to the gym and train all the time. And he, he ended up training through his entire progression of his disease. Are there certain populations that benefit more or should anybody who has Parkinson's be looking at this as a potential treatment or to complement their medical therapy? Well, research is definitely showing that exercise is an essential part of living with Parkinson's disease. So I think if you have the diagnosis, you should really look at what you do for exercise and try and improve that and make sure you integrate the important a aspects of exercise for someone with Parkinson's. So in general, we usually give people guidelines and that you want to do something that raises your heart rate. You want to do something that induces perspiration, makes you sweat, and makes you fatigued. Um, it has to be done in a fun and a safe environment. So usually if we have a person who's newly diagnosed with Parkinson's, we want to make sure they're medically cleared to exercise. So it's important that your doctor gives you clearance. And then they need to be seen by a physiotherapist who can do an assessment to see what are the issues that are affecting them. And then exercise prescription would follow. So that's a team thing between you and the person with Parkinson's to find out what do they enjoy, what do their resources uh, provide them with, uh, what do they like to do. When you have a happy brain, it heals easier and you're more likely to exercise. Mm -hmm. So we look at, you know, posture, joint flexibility, look at your gait. Um, at our clinic, we have a fall protection harness. So you're actually harnessed when we're doing your balance testing. So that kind of removes your fear of falling. And uh, then we can do some balance testing to see if you have your normal balance reactions and your stepping strategies. Um, so exercise is important for all people with Parkinson's, and that's the real good thing that the Newfoundland Parkinson's Society does here is they offer such a huge variety of ox exercise opportunities for people, whether it's boxing or Tai Chi or uh, balance classes or strengthening classes. So yeah. it is really important. If you're early stage, obviously you can probably run. You can probably do your two-wheeled bike because um, your symptoms are more one-sided, your balance reactions are faster, versus if you're more advanced, like stage three, four, or five, you may then want to get your sweat and heart rate up on a stationary bike or in a swimming pool. So these are the types of things you discuss or I discuss with the with the person with Parkinson's to make sure that it's a safe program and it's it's fun for them. 
Yeah. And let's go right back to your expertise again. When it looks at things like your balance, for example, uh, you know, why is strengthening an exercise so critical when it comes to maintaining our balance, not just from like the inner ear side of things, but more from the physical side? Um, well, I love that question because we, when we think of balance, we don't really understand completely what we're talking about. So in order for you and I to balance and anybody with Parkinson's, our brain takes information from three sensors. Those sensors are our eyes or our vision, our ears, which is which is our vestibular system, and our touch, which is our proprioceptive system. So all three of those sensors take in that information, then the brain evaluates it and then tells the head, the eyes, the body what to do, what position to move in so you can maintain your balance. So exercising with your eyes open or eyes closed will drive your vestibular system or drive your visual system. We also put people on uneven surfaces or rocker boards to challenge your systems even more. So exercises in general just help improve your balance and keep your balance reactions working appropriately. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think people forget about all these different things that they're using to process information where they are in space. And I think that when it comes to like having different ways we can sense things, also different ways we can get medical care these days. And one of the big things that's happening in Newfoundland and Labrador right now is a push to use a teams-based approach for taking care of individuals. And so some individuals may be relying solely on their physician for the medications and for their treatment. But how do you play a role and how do other players when it comes to conditions like Parkinson's help to create a team around this individual to be able to support them through their through their journey oh that's an absolutely great question so because parkinson's has symptoms that affect a lot of your functions for example your speech or your um, range of motion a team of experts can help identify which problems you're having in discussion with you so if, if you're functioning fine and you're exercising fine but you're having trouble with your speech or you're swallowing uh, then you'd want to be referred to a speech-language pathologist. And here at the clinic, we have a, an OT, a speech, a physiotherapist. So then the speech therapist could set you up with a home program or you could do some different strategies to help with your speech or swallowing. Similarly, for someone who's in a later stage, sometimes if the physician or their family are worried about memory or cognitive decline, the occupational therapist here at our clinic can do a cognitive assessment and start you up with cognitive rehab exercises. So dependent on what your issues are, uh, availing of all those team and having that team work together to help you address your problems just uh, really improves your ability to live with the disease and, and uh cope with it and improve your quality of life. So if somebody is looking to get some support and get that advice and, and therapy from your organization, how can people reach out and get a hold of you? So we're on the website and on Facebook, Newfoundland Balance and Dizziness Center. So people can email us or message us. And we also can be reached by phone 700-1474. And we're right next to Piatas in the old Canadian Tire building, which everybody seems to recognize. Yeah. Um, and 
for if you if you avail of services in a private practice like we are a private medical clinic health clinic then most people either pay out of pocket or pay from their insurances and if you have insurance insurance covers physiotherapy you just have to check your policy and see what your coverage is and in newfoundland you do not need a physician's referral to access physiotherapy services so you can just call and make an appointment on your own that's great to know. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kim. I was really excited to chat with you. Your resume is very extensive and I knew you'd have a wealth of knowledge. So thanks for joining us. Oh, you're very welcome, Mike. Thanks. Thank you for joining me today. I'd like to extend my thanks to our guests for sharing their stories and their expertise. Your insights not only educated us, but they inspired us with hope and underscore the importance of community, early detection and continuous care when facing Parkinson's. For those who wish to learn more or seek some support, I urge you to reach out to the Parkinson Society of Newfoundland and Labrador. They're an incredible source that's doing important work in our community, and you can find them online at nlparkinsons.ca. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. We'll see you back here next week for another episode of The Wall Show on your VOCM.